listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. Hosted by high-stakes headhunter, author, and professional speaker, Scott Love. This is the Rainmaking Podcast, and my name is Scott Love. Thanks for joining me on the show, and thank you for being a part of this project and for making this show a huge success. How do we know it's, it's a success? Because I get messages from people that have listened to it that have told me stories of how they've been able to win business from what they've learned on this. We're over 150 episodes, episode 151. I can't believe it. I was telling someone that I started this just a year ago, and I realized, wait a minute, we release a show every week. We're on episode 151. I think that's closer to three years. I can't believe it's been that long. And thank you for being a part of this. So let me tell you about our topic today and our guest. And this is something that's really different. We've never really had this particular topic on the show before. And I'm excited about that because it's something that you need to learn if you're going to be doing presentations to sell your professional services. Our topic title today is Making Effective Business Development Presentations. And our coach is Val Madamba. She's a regulatory lawyer who is turned into a presentation coach. She's a former FDA, big law, and in-house lawyer, and she studied and refined the art of creating presentations that engage every audience and do justice to each speaker's unique expertise. This is going to be a show that you definitely want to listen to. Also, connect with Val. I put both the link to her speaker's page, her coach page, and also the link to her profile on LinkedIn. Visit the show notes where you listen to this podcast and make sure you connect with her. And also, if you've got some time, go to Apple Podcasts, formerly known as iTunes, and if you can give our show a nice five-star review, I'd really appreciate that. It helps us get more visibility. If there's something that you hear from Val or maybe another guest that we've had, mention them by name. I know they'll appreciate that, and I will as well. As always, this show is sponsored by Leopard Solutions, Legal Intelligence, Suite of Products, Firmscape, and Leopard BI. Push ahead of the pack with the power of Leopard. And now here's my conversation with Val Madamba. Thanks for listening. Hey, this is Scott Love with the Rainmaking Podcast. Our guest today is Val Madamba, and we're talking about business development presentations for lawyers. Val, thanks for joining me on the Rainmaking Podcast today. Thanks so much, Scott. It is great to be here. Well, I love the idea that it's a very specific topic, specifically focused on presentations. And so let me start with this. In terms of someone who's out there, and let's call it pitching work, they're making a presentation. What do you think are the different types of presentations where those in the legal industry should really focus on making improvements? Yeah, well, there are so many types of presentations that we're called to do um, Mm -hmm. as lawyers in private practice for the most part, right? We can do educational speaking engagements. We see a lot of webinars, especially right now. Sometimes you'll get called on, let's say, by a client to do company trainings. Can you come in and train the sales or the legal team on, you know, developments in the last year on, you know, whatever legal matter? And this is all within the bucket of thought leadership. And there are also keynotes as well. So there's a whole range, but I think when it comes to business development, it's really all about the speaker demonstrating that she understands the domain, right? Right. The okay. Challenges, the players and the landscape, you know, so whatever the format is, it's all about showing that expertise and credibility, but also ultimately that you're the ideal partner to help potential clients through it. 
Yeah, that's great. So I like that. And so how do we do that? How do we show our expertise and credibility when we're giving a presentation? Are we are we dropping names of other companies that we've served if we've been working for them? What are some other ways that, that people can do that during their presentations? Yeah, I think the key to showing that kind of credibility is, you know, yes, you do want to tell some stories for sure. That is, I think, a key. They might be some war stories, some personal stories, but ultimately it's about focusing on what your audience needs, what they mm. need to know at this moment, rather than just about what you know. And yeah. as someone who's who was a practicing attorney for many years, I have I have fell into that trap all the time because that is what we knew how to do. You are in the weeds, you know the information, you know what's going on in the legal landscape, and it all seems very interesting to you, right? Mm. And mm-hmm. so I think that kind of willingness to step back and say, okay, yes, I, I know what's going on from the legal perspective, but what is it that my audience, my prospective clients, my ideal client, what do they need and want to know right now? And if we can kind of reshift our focus to that, I think that's where we really connect in a presentation. That's great. So let's just say somebody has been booked to give a presentation Maybe it's a panel at a conference. Maybe mm. uh, he or she is doing the pitch with other attorneys. They've been invited to make a presentation to a prospective client. And so here they are. They're sitting with a blank piece of paper in front of them. And they say, I've got to design this presentation. What do you think should be going on in their mind in terms of starting that? Yeah, it's a great question. I think stepping back, right? And thinking about what is this even for? So kind of to your point, talking to the event organizers and the, these event organizers, you know, bless their hearts, they are doing so much and they're trying to create this incredible experience for, let's say, their conference attendees. And they are doing everything. (laughs) They are often tasked with all the admin to sourcing the speakers and to thinking about the content. And so when we are called and invited to speak, I think it's really our job to help those organizers do their jobs as well as they can and to deliver something that is going to elevate their brand, to make them look good, to make us look good by serving the audience as well as possible. So working with those organizers, getting them on a call or just going back and forth via email to understand what their objectives are, what kind of feedback they might have gotten about previous events, who is going to be in the audience and trying to get as many details as possible to profile who is going to be listening, who's likely to attend. And so we can then identify what is it that we can deliver and craft specifically for them. I love that. Where you're looking at what's the outcome of the presentation. That's where we're starting. Exactly. That's great. Exactly. And some things I've done, because I I do a lot of presenting even outside of legal on sales and client development. And I always like to find out what is the demographic makeup not just how many people there, but what are their ages? What are their titles? What's the Mm -hmm. percentage of male to female? Is there anything else along those lines that we should consider as we're considering our audience? Yeah, absolutely. Certainly the types of roles that they're likely to have. And I think that will often inform kind of the level of detail that we get into. Is it likely to be, you know, executive team members or are they more uh, maybe project manager types? right? Is it sales? Is it executives? And so each type of role, each level of role might need a little bit of tweaking when it comes to, again, that level of detail, 
the kind of or the depth of legal analysis that we get into. And often we are talking to a room full of general counsel. That happens all the time, right? right. And even in that case, general counsel are doing are doing everything. You know, they're they're spread real thin. So we still have to be careful about how much of the legal analysis we serve up to them in these settings. So again, thinking about what they need and want to know at any specific point in time and kind of understanding what the most pressing challenges are that they're likely to be facing. That's great. Okay, good. This is really good. So let me ask you this then, when you're working with your clients and helping them to craft a presentation, can we kind of list the different types? Because I want to kind of get a a menu list here of the different types of presentations that lawyers are giving. So uh, Mm -hmm. one of them would be, let's say, pitching work. Is that correct? Definitely. Pitching yep. work like directly to clients in those, in those meetings and those small group presentations. But you see a lot of the more, I think, classic conference circuit speaking engagements okay. where you're called to, let's say, an industry-specific conference that's attended by maybe a specific type of role or just directed towards a specific type of company. And often, you know, there will be a panel or a couple of slots for legal speakers where it's primarily sort of pitched as educational, the things that you need to know about legal developments in the last years or, or so. Yeah, that's great. So industry-specific conferences, so it can be a panel, they could get their own mm-hmm. breakout session. Have right. you seen many lawyers get keynotes at industry conferences before? Or is it usually just like a breakout session or a panel? It's usually breakout session, panel, fireside chat sort oh, of situation. Okay, right. We do see, or I have seen, some keynotes, but that's really limited to regulatory and legal conferences. So everyone's already a lawyer. And yeah. so <laughs> sometimes people will bring in other lawyers as keynotes, but it's less yeah. common, I think. And then what about like CLE sessions? Have you seen many attorneys mm-hmm. do some of those within their area? Oh, absolutely. Super, super common way to, I think, bolster thought leadership. And I think it can be really effective. Lots and lots of, of that in the webinar format for sure. And that's, you know, an area where I think we have to be especially cognizant of creating a sense of structure and story and actionable insights, right? Right. Rather than just kind of dumping our data onto slides, because it certainly takes, I think, a lot more time to craft a real narrative and to craft, craft like tools that we're giving our audience, whether it's a CLE audience or a business audience, but ultimately that's what's going to serve an audience best and have us and have them remember us the next time they need help. Yeah, that's great. Well, let's kind of go down that topic when you said story and actionable insights. And I love that. I like the idea because when you say story, that's going to get everybody's attention. Everybody Mm. loves to hear a story. Yeah. Uh, And then actionable insights. Well, that's really what it's all about is people actually doing something. So tell me, what would be the recommendations you'd give? Let's say somebody, they're going to be on at a conference. They're one of several breakout sessions, and they've got a 45-minute topic or time slot to deliver a topic. Mm. And they've got their blank sheet of paper here. And I liked what you said before. Number one, start with the outcome. What is it that you want them to accomplish? Talk to people that are in charge of the conference. Find out what their challenges are that they perceive their members have and things like that. And so we've got our topic outcome. We know what we're talking on and we know what the outcome is that we want to accomplish. How do we create these stories? How would you recommend we create an outline that we're going to follow? And and how do you think we can come up with some good stories 
that we can put in our presentation. Yeah, absolutely. So you've got that blank paper in front of you. And I love the fact that you said it's a blank piece of paper and not a blank slide deck. So right. I would advise, <laughs> That's how I start. <laughs> that's how I start them too. That's how I want everyone to start them. Paper, keep it analog. Because if you start with the slide deck, as many of us do, right? You're going to get stuck in the weeds and you're going to forget to structure that story, right? Mm. And so when it comes to creating the framework for a talk, I like to keep it really, really simple. So three parts. First, establish what the status quo is. Where is your audience now? What are they dealing with that you can help them come through and you can help them solve? And where do they want to go? So that's kind of the bookends, the beginning and where your audience wants to wants to right. see themselves going, right. right? And then the meat of that presentation where you're going to be spending the majority of your time is talking about that solution because ultimately when we are doing these thought leadership presentations as lawyers or any kind of expert, we are trying to illustrate the value of a solution that we can provide. And so spend the bulk of the presentation, that middle, illustrating the value of the specific solution that you're talking about. And this isn't about coming in and being salesy or, or pitching and trying to do a hard sell on a specific type of solution that you want someone to buy, but giving a framework, a roadmap, any kind of tool that you can sketch out that you know is going to help your audience to solve a specific problem that they have. And again, use stories like your personal experience, anecdotes, composites of cases that you've worked on to illustrate the value of that tool. That's great. Well, let me ask you this. Why don't you tell us a story of someone that you've worked with in helping them create their presentation? Who's someone that came to you? And you don't have to mention their name, of course. Hmm. But what did you tell that person? What was the result in their presentation? Yeah, absolutely. So the first person who comes to mind, she's actually an energy policy expert. And she came to me with an upcoming presentation that she needed to give. It was on a pretty big stage. All about energy policy, um, it was actually here in the EU with sort of local representatives from government coming in. And her organization had put her on the list, accepted the invite on her behalf and said, this is going to be a great opportunity. And she agreed. She thought, yeah, this sounds great. But <laughs> eventually realized that, you know, she didn't know what this was for at all. It seemed like it was about energy policy for someone involved in energy policy. But it, there was no clear objective. Um, no one had really sat down to discuss what anyone is trying to get out of it. So we had really had to step back and do that brass tacks work of identifying, okay, who really is the audience? What is the event trying to achieve? And what can you as the individual deliver to that audience that's going to give them immediate value? That's and again, great. this was the first time she had that discussion, but you know, she was able to take kind of these big picture ideas about energy policy and turn it into a tool, which was ultimately a checklist for the audience to take back to their local governments. That's fantastic. That's great, Val. So let me ask you this then, if we could kind of look at three action steps that people can take to really get started on some of the suggestions that you've made, what would those three action steps be? Yeah. So 
if you've got that upcoming presentation, again, I go back to that idea of starting with that gift, the tool that you're going to give to your audience. Everyone wants a gift, right? So identify that tool that'll help them to get from where they are now to where they want to be and use most of your presentation to just illustrate why that gift is so valuable. Don't be afraid to go back to that theme because it's going to make your presentation cohesive and audience-oriented and make it stand out. Second, I would say, start a story bank. And, you know, not all of us, especially in the law, think of ourselves as natural storytellers, right? But I think that storytelling, you know, it's one of those oldest, newest things, right? And it's the key to developing a connection with any audience. So whenever you're planning a presentation, go back to your story bank. You don't need to start from scratch. And you'll also start noticing stories all the time in everything you do. Once you kind of start that story bank and create a repository of material for yourself. So let me ask you this. Yeah. Kind of going along that line. So should we actually, and, and how have you seen people do it? Do they just have an Excel spreadsheet with the listing of stories or what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. So listing of stories, maybe a quick description of who the characters were, what the main problems were. And I think the two sort of buckets of stories would be your own personal anecdotes, as well as broader picture stories that, you know, might be composites again of client work, things you've observed in the field, hypothetical worst case scenarios from your practice, and things that come directly from case law. I mean, because what is law other than a big story about how we organize our relationships and our culture? So we're already immersed in stories. It's just a matter of taking the time to document them, write them down, and make sure we're choosing that right story for the right audience. The right That's great. And so how, what have you seen? How many stories do people usually keep in their story bank? What's kind of a, a number that you've seen? I like to recommend starting with three to five because it can be intimidating to, especially again, if you're just getting started with the idea of storytelling and thinking of yourself as a storyteller. But once you start with those three to five, you cannot help but just explode that story bank. Yeah, Again, wow. you're seeing it and thinking about your experience. And often, I think, realizing that you have so many more stories than you ever give yourself credit for. And they are usually the more mundane, everyday stories. But then those are the stories that everyone can relate to. So I'd also say, don't be afraid of thinking about routine experiences. Don't worry about making them epic. Don't worry about making a TED Talk. Just look to your actual lived experience and you will have the richest repository that you can imagine. That's great, Val. And what's step three? What would be step three someone can take? Well, I'd say step three, um, I'd suggest for any lawyers interested in making better presentations, I have an email course, which is free. Um, It's a really practical, concise five-day course. It's five lessons that you can use right away to... Upgrade any kind of presentation and make sure it just stands out from the rest. Wow, that's great. And we'll put that link on our show notes. So anybody that's listening, make sure you go there and you'll be able to access that directly from wherever you listen to your podcast. Val, this is great. I love the ideas that you've shared. I learned a lot. And I've been telling stories and speaking for a long time, and I learned a lot. I learned from you today, and this is great. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's something that personally I get really excited about learning things like this because it's real tangible. It has substance. And I know that Mm. people listening will want to learn more about you. So tell us about your offerings. What do you do, what you have that you can offer that you'd like our listeners to know about? 
Sure. Well, I coach individual lawyers on developing presentation skills to help them really stand out, become the go-to experts in their fields. And, and you know, translating the law to the real world, it's, it's what I know. It's what I've been doing for 15 years as a lawyer, speaker, and a coach. And yeah, it's what I help clients do in their presentations. Uh, we're usually preparing for an upcoming talk with my clients, but always working on techniques that they can apply to any presentation in any setting. And I also offer group workshops on presentation skills for law firms. Uh, and I'm really focused these days on training that's geared towards supporting women and minority talent in these firms. And so there's more information about these workshops on my website. And I would invite your listeners to connect with me on LinkedIn. That is where I'm hanging out and talking about ideas for making better presentations. That's great, Val. And we'll definitely put your LinkedIn profile on the show notes as well. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. I learned a lot. I know our listeners did too. And I hope that we can have you back on the show in the future, Val. Great. Thank you so much, Scott. It's great to talk to you. Thank you for listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. For more information about our recruiting services for international law firms, visit our website at attorneysearchgroup.com. To inquire about having Scott speak at your next convention, conference, sales meeting, or executive retreat, visit therainmakingpodcast.com.